Yo, this is Zero from El Vu and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods, and in our intention. Our intention is to gather our community, to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Aho, Ometeo, Tonansi, Tonato. We start out on this new road. No turning back. But we have our ancestors with us. We're going to continue to dance with them. Dreaming them. Calling them. We are becoming what we were. It is borrowed that Maya prophecies. Seven triangles of light. Keep walking. You are the spirit of Unaku. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unaku. People say that the gods made them from corn. They planned their lives according to the heavens. Well-versed in astronomy, using a sophisticated mathematics, they calculated the movements of the night sky thousands of years into the past and thousands of years into the future. They knew that the universe moved in cycles. Their lives were ruled by the rhythms of the natural And religion. The dreams we learned from the Maya gods when to plant and when to harvest, when to set the fire and when to do the corn ceremony. But what we're digging up, what we're coming up with, is part of our history. And the men that lived here are some of the greatest men we've ever had. And it's a fact that we're getting to know more and more and more about the life of these people. They still maintain their customs. They still maintain their ways of organizing their societies. And it's very exciting to see how much of the ancient my way of life is still alive as well. Because American history does not begin in 1492 with Columbus. It begins in 200 BC with the first Maya king who wrote his name on a stump. What is happening now is the people who made these places, people like Yashpak or Bird Jaguar or Fakal, are getting back their voices. They are becoming real to us. And people of the 20th century.
about who built this place and why and what they felt and what they thought about the world. These are not anonymous people anymore. You are the spirit of Unapu. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unapu. Yo, yo, community, LA Natives, once again. LA Natives. We are back. Welcome back, Zero. It, it, we took a week off. It seemed like forever. Like, I feel weird coming back. I feel like I, I missed doing something. Yeah, uh, some Hollywood production studio <coughs> took over the whole building, and unfortunately, we had to cancel all of the podcasts that come out of this uh, production house over here at Underground Hip Hop Blog, but... We're all back in full force. It happens. We live in LA. You know, they pay enough they pay enough money to people, they'll do whatever. You know. Our last Wednesday show was pretty dope. We had uh Prodac Pistolas. That was fun. It was fun. Uh I had recorded him before. Um I knew his crew. And it was cool to talk to him and, and he's a pretty smart cat. He knows you know it's it's really cool to, to meet someone who innately understands the the our future right is knowing that you can't steal everything you can steal land you can steal gold you can steal riches but you can't steal the knowledge that's stored in my blood that knowledge is forever there it takes a long time to put there and it was put there in a good way and product kind of reminded me of someone who just taps into that, maybe not consciously, but just acts that way. And I think that's the way he gets along, and that's why he's able to be on records like Conejos and shit. Right, and me, from personal experiences, he's been in the game for so long, independently in this underground environment that we call the Los Angeles underground hip-hop scene, which is possibly the most brutal scene out there. Am I right, Zero? (laughs) In L.A.? For sure. Because... In LA, it's supposed to be innovative. Like, you're supposed to be like, stand out somehow. But when everybody's spitting the same shit, trying to be the same artist, and then they go, oh, wow, I'm going to go out of the box and act like somebody from New York. It's like, fuck, dude. Like, you know, there was really no originality. So here comes tons of other groups that are trying to be original, and they're like, ah, well, you're not industry. (laughs) You're not marketable. So it is brutal. And and this all ties into our Sunday shows where yeah. we bring on hip hop artists that are extremely original in their own way. That are talented, that have been around for a while, you know, that I you know, cause I've been playing music for twenty two years. I mean, El Vu alone, the history of El Vu it's like nineteen years, you know. So, actually, I've been playing music for more than 22 years. I've been playing music for, like, 27 years, you know. Um, But you meet a lot of people on the way. And then one time I went to, I met Keese, and Keese was from Oklahoma. And he was, like, the plug for everybody. Like, he knew other people from different, you know, parts of California. Not California, but other parts of the United States, separate from California. And he also mentioned a... uh, uh, an event that happened once a year Him and some other people um, Other brothers that I knew <clears throat> Had mentioned this event called Gathering of the Nations And at the Gathering of the Nations We had booked a couple shows And I met this individual called Defy 
So see how long like the history of <laughs> what we've been doing independently. You know, when we, when you bump heads again with an artist who was already on on his way and to see the culture of native like it's different. It's not the same as over here. It's not like Chicano rap. It's different. Yeah, and your eyes lit up when I let you know, hey, look, we're booking Defy. Have, yeah, you, ever, have you ever heard of him? And you're like, of course I have. Dude, I, I mean, I played with him at, in the Gathering of the Nations at this old theater. It, it, was, it was in a packed house. It's like this South by Southwest for natives, but not revolving around like pop culture music. It's revolving around powwow dancing and, and whatever Defy will be able to tell us more because I've only been there once, yeah, or maybe twice. Yeah, but I, I from when I talked to him when I met him there, he was like, "No, dude, this happens all the time. This happens every year. It's like the thing they look forward to." But yeah, yeah, and he's from New Mexico. Mexico. That's um, where the event was in New Mexico. I was blessed enough to meet meet him when he uh, swung by the office for some promotion over here at Underground Hip Hop Blog and. It was definitely a breath of fresh air for me because his style and his originality is like by far some some of the dopest material I've ever heard. He's really talented, yeah. and and you know he's put a lot of time in. If he kept doing it since the time I met him, I mean we weren't like, you know, we didn't correspond with each other, but it was cool to meet him. He was very welcoming. It felt like going to a Chicano something, you know. It felt like doing something in Los Angeles. But with natives who do, it, I felt the same experience when I went to Canada. It's the same experience I had in New Mexico, because all the all the natives they gather right there. So that's where I met Defy. So that's how I know him. So I want to appreciate everyone that's been subscribing to our website. We got a, another handful of subscribers in the last week. Nice few more merchandise sales t-shirts and sweaters much love and respect to everyone that not only are purchasing our our products but you know wearing them and tagging us and shouting us out and sending us their comments and their reactions to to this uh content that we delivered to them zero it's amazing right well it had to come from a perspective that was ultimately going to defend being indigenous and I don't mean it in a way that's like protest. I mean it in a way that's like, stop telling me I'm not indigenous. That's what I mean. You know, when, when people go, whoa, but you're not indigenous. It's it, when you stand firm with who you are, then you can meet brothers like Defy who come from New Mexico and it's family and it's all love, but you have to defend your position. And I think that's what he does with his music, you know, in his way. He defends his position. And let's go ahead and bring him on. Yeah, because I think I'm in. Yo. Defy. Well, we could start. I'm going to ask a question. Just wait for the answer. And then you could just reply and I'll stay quiet. And we'll try to make it happen that way. But, hey, bro, it's nice to see you again. I, I don't know if you remember me, but we played a show together. I mean, about 15 years ago, maybe. <clears throat> but, yeah. I remember. Yeah? Yeah, that was a dope time, man. I really had a good time. I think you came out for, yeah, the Gathering of Nations. Absolutely. And right there. But, sounds um, perfect now. Perfect. Sounds good, guys. Sounds good? Guys. Sounds good? Okay, yeah. good. There you go. Yeah, we had... Yeah, we had... Keith had a... Keith had a... 
mentioned that there was a gathering of the nations that happened every year and that all these natives would come from different areas and, and um, you know, participate in power dancing and different other stuff that was, but there was an underground hip hop thing that was happening. And I asked Keith, well, get us a show or help us get a show. And that show that we got booked was you were on that bill. I think you were hosting the event, if I'm not correct. It was a while that ago. That might be the one. Yeah, that that I think that might have been the gathering of MCs. There you go. There you go. Damn, yeah. you remembered. Oh, that's cool. I was, I was like, I was like, is he gonna remember? I don't know if he's gonna remember because we only met each other once. I know of your music. Obviously, know of your music. I know of all, almost all indigenous. Keys put us on the game to all the everybody outside of, like Los Angeles and California. But man, it's so cool to see you. Man, so How's cool it going? How's Talk it about your music, bro. It's good to see you, bro. Just from doing well, just uh, coming out, coming live here in New Mexico at the the band headquarters. I'm also part of a quartet, but um, <clears throat> it's just it's, it's good to be on the show. Just greetings to all the indigenous people worldwide. Um, I'm a fan of the podcast. I'm also a fan of your music as well. Thank um, you. I remember Thank clearly you. the 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 event and everything, and I remember seeing you live in Rocket. I got inspired, and um, I think every everywhere you guys go, you guys do bring, bring that the fire, and like it was, it was dope to hear the music come come in that kind of way. And a, a lot of us in New Mexico didn't get a chance to to some of those who didn't get a chance to travel out of the state. You know, it's it's truly a blessing when cats like y'all come in and and, and grace the stage or mic whenever because. People love it. And there's, there is a hip hop underground scene in Albuquerque or in New Mexico in general. And there's a big indigenous hip hop scene too. But that one time a year is like the time to come in. You're right. It's like, it's almost like a indigenous South by Southwest, but more like community oriented and more just like, just grassroots. And uh, this year, I think we might actually do like a virtual version. I'm not too sure, but man, you guys are, whenever things clear up, more than welcome to come out and rock again anytime. I'm telling you, Armando, we got connections in New Mexico that are just like dope. Because well, you know, Defy is quite possibly one of my personal connections. You know, best believe Defy, when I land at New, Mex New Mexico, I'm, I'm hitting you up for sure. Absolutely, bro. Because, you know, Armando's a pretty big promoter out here and we, we put on big shows and he's telling me like, who, who, who can we book? Who are these natives? You know, it's like, you know, you obviously know the popular ones like Superman and all the other individuals but i was like no dude there's an underground that's sick that's dope it's like you got defy you got um you got keys you got olmeca olmeca you got um, red cloud you got all these other individuals like yeah and then red cloud, yeah. yeah i mean red cloud's like known red everywhere <laughs> especially at the gathering of the nations he's gotten there several times he talked about it too right but one thing that i noticed about defy is that he's quite possibly one of the most consistent artists right now especially for 2020 and 2021 um and that being said defy let's go ahead and talk about your your uh, new album yeah i just dropped a new album a few months ago just at the very end of 2020 uh last year i released three different projects uh two of them are produced by socal artist ariano and then the last final one I produced, um, I mean, actually I put out independently, but the beats were produced by Smoke M2D6 and One Below. So like 
the last album is titled D Resolution. It's basically all caps, D-R-Z-L-T-N. It basically stands for D Resolution. It's kind of like a play on the old movie Tron and then like kind of like thinking about what could D Resolution mean to somebody who's who's been on the res their whole life and never seen the movie. To me, that sounds like kind of getting off the res. So I don't know, the, the cover itself, you see like an indigenized grid. You see myself walking away from the grid and behind there is the Shiprock uh, Pinnacle where I'm at in New Mexico, close by here, there's a Shiprock Pinnacle. It's also a part of uh, a lot of like creation stories and legendary folktale for my tribe. I'm from the Diné Nation. Cool. So the album kind of like shows a little bit of like a futuristic indigenous, uh, futuristic look at like, like a, a glimpse, but like from like an indigenized land, so to speak. So the album features a lot of like uh, West Coast artists too as well, such as like Micah Nine, uh, Ill Mac, Sleep from Old Dominion. A lot of spitters are on this album, so I'm really I'm proud of it and uh, honored that it also got featured on UGG Blog. Shout out to UGG Blog and um, a couple other outlets, and it's been getting some acclaim. So that um, album itself helped me sustain through this period of time. And I've been recently putting out a lot of music videos, a lot of new content, thanks to directors uh, Carlos Martinez and Maurice Johnson, who also work with our band known as DDAT. So uh, basically, yeah, the album is out now on all streaming platforms. There's, uh, I think, five music videos that we have for it. It's just like nine songs. And I um, hope everybody checks it out. I'll leave the link in the comments. And uh, thank you. Yeah, just a little bit about it. I know one thing when I met Defy that he was a professional brother that I mean like he just ran off so many projects right now <laughs> and that and and look at him I mean that, I love the setup in the behind behind you with the drum set and you know you're promoting every aspect of what you're doing brother and that's a true artist and the versatility that you're showing I'm not surprised that people want to work with you in that way well you know? his his catalog is pretty deep mm -hmm to be honest with you guys. And I want to ask you, Defy, um, when it comes to incorporating indigenous hip hop into your music, right? Was it off the bat, like album one, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there, there are a lot of native and, and indigenous artists, Mexica artists out there that didn't start on album one, like El Vu of Zero. Like Zero started literally album one going hard on, 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 on the, on the, on that, on that topic of indigenous hip-hop yeah. i think for myself personally i emerged as a i emerged from the battle rap scene first and i grew up around a lot of b-boys and b-girls was fortunate to to grow up a lot of around a lot of dancers and at that same time i was also introduced to a little bit more of my traditional roots and I seen a connection between both cultures. And I think a lot of my best friends at the time were really influenced by hip hop. A lot of us here in the Southwest, we were influenced a lot from West Coast hip hop, from the South, the East Coast, and you know, basically every other place imagine. So um, I think at the very beginning though, I've seen the connection between the two cultures that allowed me to kind of like think of myself to be maybe i could be sort of like a voice for an underrepresented people or maybe be uh become an artist who can like uh how would i say 
think it's like exit the reservation but come back and pay it forward but i think at the very first beginning as a battle rapper just barely learning to how to like eat and get 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 by i think i've seen like the entertainment value in that too but eventually i got sat down by a few friends and mentors and asked me like is this what you really want to be remembered by like from your people and I, I stepped back for a moment and realized that yeah there's much more to that you can apply yourself towards as an artist um, and being from an indigenous community too and tribe, uh, I feel like that opened up a lot more opportunities and eventually helped me become more involved with the indigenous people's movement and a lot of other movements locally. I think it was my auntie though, she was uh, one of the head um, people uh, organizing this thing called Doda Desert Rock and they were building a lot of uh, hydraulic fracturing zones out on the reservation near where my grandparents were raised. So I think at that point, when it got closer and closer to my homelands, I felt like maybe I should apply myself and, and apply my voice and <clears throat> started to create songs. And I think that's when I took it further than just battle rap and wanted to like stretch my boundaries and expand more. And not only just for myself, but you know, for, for others as well and still rep my tribe. I think at the very beginnings, I think when I was out doing some of the battles in certain areas, I might have been the only like native or indigenous person or whatever, like in the building sort of, I wouldn't say indigenous personally, but you know what I mean though, I'd be like the only tribally affiliated, I guess, individual in certain areas. So I guess at that at those points, I was very happy and honored to rep for, for, for all of us in a way, I guess in a small way, but yeah, like, I think album one, there's a few songs in there that um, that are actually, that got like a lot of native influence. So I think, um, yeah, I would say overall though, I was definitely down to be considered to, uh, MCs, I think considered to be like modern day storytellers, so to speak. And just seeing the connections between both traditional and hip hop, I think that was just like the moment where I realized that this is what I wanted to do with my time and energy. Wow, and that's a that's an amazing uh, way of just blending it together and battling your own emotions, right, Zero? Well, I mean, when you decide to be a hip hop artist, you have to pick a lane. You know, it's, it's going to be either skill based. You're going to go, oh, I could. I'm, I'm a dope freestylist. I'm a good battle person. Because even battling is kind of a, an art form in itself. Because you're you're training yourself to defend yourself against somebody's perception of you and you're trying to put a perception on them it's a tone art form alone and then you got individuals who study and feel like they can translate what they study into song and so there's so many diverse you know lanes and it looks like defy went oh went from one lane and is now crossing different lanes of hip-hop and when you go into a band it's not the same it's not the same as 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 rapping on program beats it's a person, it's a feel, it's a energy. It's like, you know, when the drummer's hyped up, you gotta, you can't be like the same. You gotta like, oh, I gotta match my drummer. I gotta match my, it's, it's a whole nother vibe. So big ups to your talent and your ability to switch lanes because that creates longevity in my opinion. Thank you, man. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, definitely like, Working with a band is like, it's a breathing life force. And I love produced beats too, but it's uh, it's something else to work with a band. And it did take quite a lot of growing and just just working countless hours to try to like be able to 
to work on the music a little bit more and not just just always focus on like the live showcases i guess but yeah and one thing i, I want to mention that and, and it's a big reason why we even invited you to la natives is that we see a trend in the indigenous hip-hop community and the crowds being getting bigger and bigger and bigger um do you agree with that defy yeah like overall i'd say yeah like there's there's more people turning out before the, you know the pandemic I, I think the crowds definitely grew and i've seen a lot more audience members from from different villages or different um Pueblos, see, like out here, we're kind of in Dineta, Tiwa territory, and in Albuquerque, we're surrounded, I think, by like 19 Pueblo villages. And over the past few years, I would see more and more people start to attend. And, and, and it was like, yeah, fitness to see all of us together. I, that's why one of my, I have like the most fun being around and performing on the res too, sometimes in the most rural areas where it's all just indigenous or native uh, communities. But, you know, I love getting down in the city too. It, it's a great experience to go to the reservation and see the love that they have with so little that they have, you know, cause I mean, you're trying to squeeze blood out of a rock over there. I mean, there's so little, but they're so connected. It's so, I learned so much just by being observing there. And I was lucky enough to like, you know, experience ceremony on that land and was able to talk to a, a very old auntie. And it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful people that come from so little, but maybe little doesn't mean little. Maybe it means normal because we get over, there's a lot of access in the city excess you know excess of whatever you want to whatever you want if you have the money you can have whatever you want in any excess and so when i went to the reservation it reminded me of going to what they call the cerros of tijuana you know the poor the poor areas of of, of baja california or mexico or tj and i saw the same thing i was like what the this is the same thing it's just different currency Maybe they don't have a what they call a reservation, but they definitely clearly have a border where it says that's theirs and poor people live there. That's not that's not what they did with the natives. They made it sound nice. Like, oh look, this reservation. And then like, everybody thinks like it's all good there. <laughs> and it's not. And like how you always mention, Zero, like the whole foundation of I guess the the phrase indigenous hip hop comes from you know what genocide right like yeah. being a survivor of genocide of of the uh how do you call it colonial imposition exactly it's, it's just not it's what's happening is that and for hip-hop fans people are gravitating to a voice that they could relate to or you know have you know same ideas that they, that they could relate to and ultimately become influenced by it. because like when i listen to el vu and when i listen to zero like off the bat first record i, I listen to you teach me something and that's that that's what people seek right zero they they seek connection they seek truth 
and honesty because you can't be dope if you're not truthful and honest you know even when you're at an, in a skill level form of rapping you know your limitations and you know who will fucking tear you a new one you know so it's it's just walking that fine line and and um understanding just to be humble right when you, when you do that and that's hard to be an mc humble all humble mc you know there's no such thing it's like you gotta fucking tear somebody's head off or or know exactly what you're trying to do lyrically or artistically so i guess my question to you defy is like how hard is that to translate these community obligations right because you said that an auntie sat down with you and said hey you know what or Somebody who had influence in your life said, hey, you have a voice now and you're, you're being successful. Now switch it all up and talk about your people and their struggle. How hard was that? It was it was actually coming from evidence from dilated people. So when he told me that, like behind after his shows, I was like, I look up to him so much. He's like a high school. He's like a high school hero of mine. So mm. I was immediately like, if you say it, I believe it. And it was only, it was also from the guidance of like my family, like my grandfather too, but it was from Evie who said that, who actually was like, is this what you really want to be remembered by? And yeah, after that, I sat back and was just like, well, I got to rethink things wow. and I got to grow more in, inside. And before I can actually become this person or become a voice, then, you know, there was a lot of inner work that had to be done. I had to, of course, work on skills. Mm. And but it took a lot and it just like from from just like step by step processes. But I think translating it was just like it was instant because I, I realized that, you, you know, there's a much more to hip hop than just battle rap, of course. So I just wanted to stretch my boundaries and eventually took become a part of a band and ever just being a part of something much larger than just myself is is very fulfilling and it makes me feel like I'm a part of something. And that's how I've always felt about hip hop and also my traditional culture. But sometimes when you like, you're not from the res and you come in from the, from the, from the city into the res, they might not like, you know, see you the same way. So you kind of just got to try to find a way to fit in sometimes. And hip hop was that outlet, I guess. But it, it was like, a, it was a quick jump, I think from, from, from going from battle rap to, to wanting to be more uh, socially conscious with the with the lyrics, sort of speak, or just mo be more on um, just just be able to rap about anything, not just not just like about trying, like you were saying a perception of someone else or, or trying to trying to win a battle for monetary gain or things like that. It became more than just like gaining self clout, sort of speak, and just wanting to help and pay it forward and give back. And well, that kind of led me well, to more opportunities after that point and realizing that like I'm going to meet creator halfway and then see where it goes. That, that, but see, that, that's what see, I was that, talking about in the sense of as an artist, you, you have a difficult time writing anything, right? It's just, it's not an easy process, right? As, as good as people think they are, it's not an easy process because that gets stamped onto a record or onto a mixtape or onto a feature forever. And whether it's good or not, it's there. And if you said a word wrong or you didn't rhyme right, it's there. So to go, I'm a skill-based rapper. Now I have to explain a story 
that I probably don't know all the whole story. I just know that I'm a part of this culture because usually what I've found in artists is that when they're not connected to the culture and in, in, in the way that, that we're expected, then they, they jump ship and they go to another culture, which is the hip hop culture. That's, they explained that to me when, when I was like studying with like the nation of Islam and, and all that stuff. And I still thought I was African. Right. I didn't always think I was indigenous because I didn't know. No one had told me yet. And so we tend to go, okay, we're a part of this. Right. Because I don't know about this. And then you start learning a little bit. And then you got to go, well, how am I going to write a poem that reflects? Because hip hop doesn't reflect stories that are about creation or inner work or or. A lot of being indigenous is working on the inside, kind of like a monk, but not isolating. And another thing that Defy mentioned is that when you're not from the res and then you're going into the res with hip hop and that music, right, to to get their stamp of approval, too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we, we talk about that, right, Zero? Well, the approach that we used to take when we went to reservations was more about we're giving something there. Because they always presented it like we're giving something to some disenfranchised people who have so little. and Because like you always mentioned, they're like, you're native, but you don't have the paperwork to prove. And No, I don't. You know? But I don't need it anymore. I come to realize that I never needed it at all. If I relied on paperwork, then I would rely on white supremacy to tell me who I am. And that's not the case, right? I saw that in, brother, in the brotherhood with, with Defy. Because he looked at me in a certain way that wasn't, you're not native. What are you doing here? It's like, damn, you're here to rock? All right, cool. El Vu, all cool. What is this about? You know? It was accepting. And that's what I mean. No paper. He didn't go, hey, where's your BIA card? I I need to really, really know that you're native. He just accepted me, right? It's the truth. Go ahead, Defy. Oh, no. I was just joking. I was like, oh, shoot, we got a CIB. It's just like a certificate of Indian blood. But like, yeah, like, yeah, it's not like that at all. I don't definitely try not to rely all on, on paperwork either. So, nah, man, like, for real. I, I, you guys killed I, it that day, too. It takes a lot to say that you're native and you come from this lineage, right? That was like, I know, look, my my grandparents ran away into the desert. They, they ran so far away from the reservations that they ran into the desert and they're federally unrecognized natives that were lost in the desert. So they're nobody. They're pieces of trash. They're less than the people on the res. So when they came back to civilization, they immediately got swept up and got Christianized and said so they were beaten so bad that even if they said anything close to it, it was like terror, right? And then... One day I'm at a concert and I have dreadlocks and this native comes up to me from the Hopi land, right? Some other native brother who was half something and something. He goes, hey, bro, you're native. You're really, really native. And I was like, what are you talking about, bro? We're African. (laughs) At the time I was in a reggae band called Quito Sol and I didn't really understand that. But when I got into the understanding of what it was, then I started to realize the bullshit of 
Doctrine of Discovery, and Manifest Destiny. This is paperwork filed by individuals who had no right to file paperwork because we don't understand paperwork, so we don't understand what you're saying. So if you're in a confused state, you can't say, I don't understand if you're not communicating properly. That's what I mean when I say I don't need paperwork. Because if I go to Defy, Defy, wouldn't you feel weird if I pulled out my shit? Look, look, bro, for real, dude, I really am native. Right? It'd be like weird. Nobody asks for that. Yeah, that would be weird. Nobody does that. Like, really, exactly. So then you, you have to be rooted in what that and what you are. Say it very confidently. Have enough knowledge about it. Be humble. Because really, at the end of the day, being indigenous is being humble. Look at how humble the fire is. I don't see anything flamboyant about that, I, this brother. This brother is just talent and work and work ethic. You know, that's all I could say, really. And uh, Defy, what do we have to look forward to in, uh, in, in the summer coming up or late 2021? Late 2021. Yeah, I got a, a, a new album coming up soon. It's, uh, it's all completely recorded. It's uh, self-produced. Actually, smoked at all the beats, but there's a lot of guest features on there. There's a gathering of MCs, Cypher, featuring some of the artists we talked about. Um, I got an upcoming album with Ariano that we just completed, too, as well. And uh, with the band project I have, with the, uh, we recorded an album during the pandemic, and it's going to be coming out soon. It's also being produced into a musical, and um, it's being developed in... Right now, basically, it's about a, a character named Natani, who's <clears throat> basically dealing with the, some of these things we're talking about right now. This character, Natani, grows up in the reservation or from a village or from a rural area, has a very dope talent in dancing, discovers hip-hop, but his family is also very rooted in tra traditional culture. So Natani faces this dilemma that a lot of us go through and still carries on his heritage and travels the world, goes back and pays it forward, long story short, back on his homelands. And uh, <clears throat> the album's called Born in an Odd Time. It's actually being produced and engineered by a two-time Grammy Award-winning um, <clears throat> producer named John Lindemann. And it's a part of this project, too, that combines both of us in the Southwest and other artists out in South America, or South Africa, excuse me, so it's a, it's a combination, a blend of a lot of different sounds. It, it is indigenous, but it's also world-based and it has multiple genres that are involved. <clears throat> I, love, I love rapping with the band too, because it's not just like rapping on four or four time signatures. So this, this new project kind of stretches my deliveries and my timing and just certain things like that. It's also very conceptual. I never wrote like an album that's based upon just like one kind of thing and follows a specific storyline. So it was challenging in a way. So each song represents <clears throat> a chapter in this character's life and on his journey as an indigenous person living in today. And he goes, he goes to New York and basically, and <clears throat> eventually travels to the motherland. It's cool because a lot of these like store the 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 imagination. I mean, like the the content from the album was also from the imagination. But I also experienced being able to go to Africa and travel there myself and. So I gathered a lot of my own experiences and thoughts and just 
put it into the, the story format that follows along this character's life named Natani. And I'm not a dancer, but like for being able to, to rap and kind of convey that message with the storyline, I think it's, it's going to be one of our big projects coming up soon. We actually got some dates set up, so we're moving back towards getting lots of four dates set up on our website and on our band website. If anyone would like to subscribe, <clears throat> you can follow our band at ddatlive.com. It's just ddatlive.com. You can get our first album for free if you subscribe. Also, I'm at defy.com, def-i.com or just on IG at DEF underscore I. <clears throat> you can keep up with all my projects that way, but I'm looking forward to dropping these projects. So I think I'm gonna at least release two or three projects this year, and most of them will be EPs, a couple of singles, and uh, just focused on like working on more music videos and content like that with uh, Carlos Martinez and Maurice Johnson, plus a few others. That's, that's, wow, that's impressive. That's well organized. That's that's making sure that um, you live off of your music, right? That's and, dope. Big ups to you, brother. Big and, ups. and and stories like that zero are motivating us to create our own Spotify playlist for LA natives. We've mm. interviewed so many influential MCs on this podcast. I want to start taking it a step further and creating a, a Spotify playlist. And adding cats like Defy on it, they deserve it. They they they're getting to places that that is long overdue. I just hope you you travel with wisdom and and know that um, you know don't let people exploit the fact. You know what I mean? Because they feel bad. You know, I'm I'm really coming from a perspective that's that when you get disrupted in the way you did. Through a bullshit doctrine, I'm gonna be more in your face. But I'm happy for brothers that get to experience professional movies or plays or get into bands that that expand their growth. I just don't want to see one redbone. Do you know what I'm trying to say, Defy? I'm not. I'm trying to say, don't be fucking redbone. Not no dissing redbone. I'm just saying. Fuck, we don't deserve one native artist every fucking, what is it, 30 years or 40 years? There's talented artists. Invest in them. Believe in them. I'm a little different. I'm more abrasive. I come from the root of history that's truthful. So it's going to be different. But I love it when brothers break through and there has to be a community. And that's what community is. That's the brother that does these type of projects. Yes. And I'm the brother that does this type of project. But just because we're not doing the same thing does not mean. And that's what makes this indigenous hip hop movement so diverse from Chicano rap or rap. that's just like, um, I don't know, like trap rap or any other kind of genre that gets boxed into this little thing. What I want for Defy is not to be Redbone and not to be boxed in because that's not art. Art is an expression of reality of what's happening in the times of what we're living. That's art. That's why he feels the pressure to put an indigenous storyline to his art because he's not plastic. He's real and he's figuring that out. And each professional um, uh, 
intention that he does helps him grow and grow. And it seems like you you involve the other other people in your community, other indigenous rappers, other indigenous producers. I see a solid movement coming from those individuals. And he's a part of it. He's leading the way. Yeah. Or one of the leaders. Yeah, one of the leaders. In my opinion. In my opinion. Thanks, bro. Thank you, man. Just by being busy. And I look I, I mean and I look up I look up to you too, man. Like for real. El Vu is like I'll always remember like just being inspired the first time I met you guys. So it's like a continuation too. So thank you guys for rocking it all those times and look forward to more shows again because like you're saying like we may be in a little like different all of us might be doing something different but if we come to another gathering of mcs you know it's like it's something for everybody there i think like, it's, it's That's a beautiful what part about the indigenous hip-hop movement is like yeah there's something for everybody there like i think I, when i went to the gathering of the nations i didn't see one act after another after another of the same thing you had a skillful rapper who you went, oh, this guy just really studied on his skill. You had another individual that said, oh, he's more of the ghetto kind of like street, L.A. street scene kind of rapper. It was so diverse. It wasn't just, oh, OK, we're going to hear a bunch of flutes and a bunch of people complaining about how the U.S. took their lap. No, that's, it wasn't that. It was its own. It was so diverse. It was just being like at a marketplace for your ears because someone wasn't going to sound the same. And then here comes El Vu from L.A. where they're expecting like a Snoop Dogg or a fucking Mac-10 kind of sound. And boom, we hit him with, whoa, what the fuck is that? That's ancient Mesoamerican indigenous philosophy prior pre-conquest. The philosophies of El Vu, what we try to bring back into our community was pre-conquest. How do you get to pre-conquest ceremony, prayer and believing in yourself and doing it in truth? That's the community we need to build the fire, and I'm happy to be a part of your community that does that, in my opinion. You said the eagle and the condor descend from the mesas. Yeah. To shit on Mel Gibson, his whole crew's racist. Yeah. I think you guys dropped that when uh, after El Apocalypto came out. It, yeah. And uh, I just remember being in the crowd and was like, that's, those are, that's, no, not too many other artists were saying you know, being in your face and just saying the truth like that, to, uh, uh, their truth like that, to like, to the, to just people right in their faces, and it was it was dope energy, and just the beats were fired. So it was man, just, maybe someday we could collaborate or something in some way. Oh man, we're already oh, one man. that you're already in home. LA natives is your home. When you have when you come to Los Angeles, Armando's hooked up. I'm hooked up. You want to get projects done? We know who to go to, um, and. That would be super dope if Zero you collab with Defy. That oh, would be an amazing I'm, track. I'm kind of shocked that Defy, you know, has offered me that. And best believe Defy is involved in, in into these events that we're planning on oh, on, yeah. on hosting out here for yeah. for LA natives and just inviting all the dope MCs that we've been putting on on this show. Yeah, you know, he's just a humble cat. And the one thing that that. If we do this community, uh, as we grow this community and we grow these artists to be who, they, who they're destined to be, what I'm excited about is, obviously we're going to run through our trials and errors, but the humility, do you see how humble Defy is? I hope community, LA natives, you're, you're witnessing a very humble, focused artist. That's what we really need to 
because it's not easy to do this art that he's explaining so easily. Like, oh, I got four albums and I'm rocking with this band and and uh, I'm challenging my writing. Like, that's you're seeing. You're, it's like the way I could describe it is looking at a, a a time lapse of a flower opening up right in front of your eyes. That's the fight. He's explaining his career and the success. I can't wait, bro, because I know your inner journey's not done. I know you still got a long way to go. And when you get that inner journey going and really open the doorways, because I, I believe indigenous people and people who, who are rocking an indigenous message are just here to open hearts, just opening hearts. And if you can accept the open heart with a firm boundary, then we're going to be okay. But I'm, I'm excited to be in his community. In Defy's community. Likewise, too, man. I'm excited and honored to, to be in your community, too. And look forward to the next time I'm out there on the West Coast in L.A. Oh, yeah. Would love to link yeah. up. Any plans? Any plans? Any plans? Anytime soon? Anytime soon. Come through. Thank you, guys. I don't have enough. I don't actually. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I didn't catch the question. Oh, okay. Uh, I do oh. have some. T I do have a few upcoming like plans, but nothing very soon. I think in like May or June or July. Okay, but not to record or to perform. Just to uh, probably just to record and maybe a little. Probably mostly just like a video or shoot or something, you know. But I'm always down if there's opportunities. I could, it's not that far. Absolutely, yeah. He's he's a plane right away. He's like living in, in San Francisco, kind of. Yeah, I want to make everyone uh, aware that we lost our video feed not too long ago, but I was able to recover it real quick, and um, and to follow Defy on his Instagram, on his Twitter. Best believe, I want everyone to subscribe to his YouTube channel, check out all of his music videos. Um, and from what I know, you're involved in the International Indigenous Hip Hop Awards, right? Defy? Uh, was nominated this year for Album of the Year uh, for Deserted Oceans. And that was uh, produced by Ariana. Much respect. If anybody would like to go to Indigenous Hip Hop Awards and vote for Defy, uh, Album of the Year, Deserted Oceans. And shout out to all the other nominate, all the other nominees, and everybody's dope. So there's a lot of talented indigenous hip hop artists that are also on the ballot. It's starting to become a community. I mean, I know we want to mimic big award shows like MTV or whatever it is that 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 we feel we need to do. Just the fact that everybody's gathering, I'm just so excited about how it felt like gathering other nations. You know. It was a specific thing to natives, and that was beautiful to see and experience. This award show reminds me of reminds me of that. You know, it reminds me of like a virtual version of, of this gathering of the nations, but they kind of plucked out and vetted the individuals that are putting work in in the community of indigenous hip hop music or um, as international because it's Canada. US right right 
Armando? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised they hit us up because I haven't never been to physically been to Canada, but I uh, was surprised that they, they reached out. And yeah, it's cool to see the unity start to form right here between, you know, our relatives up north and all of us down here closer to closer to uh, like South America and beyond. Once, once we, I think, I think back then it was. Oh, I'm sorry. No, what go, you saying? go, go. Finish your thought. I think back then it wasn't really like before. There wasn't really uh, like enough connection. Maybe just I don't know. The internet kind of helped in a way, but then you know how how it's all different discussion. But it's really dope to see the unity there and see more indigenous artists gather like that, and also get like some really notable judges and people involved that I think that are that are amazing and just legends too. So. It's cool to be a part of something that's not just within our our inner like circle, but something that's really truly inner tribal and makes it like not just indigenous hip hop, but hip hop. I think I, I, I love just hip hop in general. Wow. Um, as you know, we're going to be doing some interviews not in, in shortly for the international indigenous hip-hop awards we are so honored to be uh doing the pre-game interviews right zero yeah yeah i'm i'm excited to well i've already talked to a lot of them and um and i'm excited to meet the people that i haven't haven't met and everybody's been super respectful and and no one's asked me for my bia card so it's all good we're good, <laughs> we're good to go here and um i'm just I'm flabbergasted by the the interview, brother, because you're such a a well put together artist. You know, um, I mean, even just like just looking in the screen now with the drum set behind you, and it's like I'm a part of my band right now, and and pointing that project out because it seems like that one's the dearest one. I know what it's like to rock with the band. Rocking with the band is something on a level that's when you can communicate to other instrument players at the same time and you're conducting them with your emotion and your voice and there's coordinated drops or stops there and they lead you back into that ceremony I talked about you know when when I rocked Mexico City where it was like 10,000 people and it when you do it with a band it's so special bro and and I'm I'm happy for that because bands bring <clears throat> a different kind of energy than just a program beat. Not that program beats aren't as effective. You got to just work harder when it comes from a program beat. Like you got to be extra, 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 extra good to make that kind of synergy and energy come from 10 guys or seven guys rocking on a band. And now you're going to go poetic with someone who hopefully gets the rhythm of a band because it's not easy, like, as Defy said, it's not like, okay, give me 16 bars solid because, you know, what if somebody's late or they're trying to recover? You got to recover with them, you know? Do you experience any of that stuff? A lot of the moments where you're just next to your bandmate and you're, you happen to be just improvising because... Just, just kind of like how it is. I feel like having a composed beat is always just going to be the same mm. versus like having a band. It's never going to be this exact same. And that's kind of one of the 
beautiful things that stands out about our band too. We're also very jazz influenced, funk and hip hop influenced. So, you know, we as rappers and MCs, we love to freestyle mm. and jazz players love to improvise. So I'm next to my horn player some of the times and just like, we're just both jamming out. The synergy is there. And <clears throat> some of the most beautiful moments happen in those at those times. But I do love to try to just rehearse and knock out a clean verse too. But if I, I love to freestyle just as much. I think that's like what makes an MC is like having the ability to not only be a great writer, composer, performer, but also, you know, when those moments happen where you got to recover, you got to be ready, at least be on your toes to think a few steps ahead or a few beats ahead to help you catch on again. And I, I think that's one of the things that I kind of like, um, I wouldn't want to say, how should I say? One of the things that could happen is like, yeah, you might just forget one line. And if, if you're not able to think ahead, it's going to be hard to catch that same pattern and to continue your poem while you, while you miss that line. Some, sometimes your brain wants to keep, wants to stay on that line, but you're already two lines after because your trumpet player bass and percussion has kept going. Yeah. So it's kind of like up to you to just find that next mark where it's like a four bar, eight bar, whatever kind of bar mark to at least you know you're good. And so, so having some of those dropouts like you were talking about, very helpful and like catching back on if you make a mistake. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's not easy to be um, in a band and catch as an MC. As a singer, it's different because you can elongate words long as, as long as it catches to the next rhythm, but... Um, I I give it up to MCs that that rock with bands because if you don't have experience working with a band, it could be difficult. And it seems like you're transitioning well. And um, and I when you, I understand being in a band and the not and we're just talking about the technical side of things. We're, we're not talking about the brotherhood that has to develop and the friendships that need to develop because. You can't be rocking with people you don't like and or, or, or are annoying you or perfectionist in certain ways that, that rub you the wrong way. Believe me, it's all there. But when I hear oh. it in your voice talk about this band, I hear the excitement. So that means that the, the brotherhood of the band is strong. And that's cool. Right? Am I wrong? You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is a huge component of having a band is like you got to have the brotherhood or sisterhood or just you know the, right. the family just the values there kind of like extend and, and and yeah everybody's different but like everybody kind of like offers a little something different too to the table and it, I look at it like as like if you if we're all so different we're just you know adding little pieces to the puzzle or to the table and it's just cool to be a part of a band that also <clears throat> not as only just like music based but we have like other avenues and other projects that that are within the arts realm that kind of can help us sustain because you know right now with more more than ever it's been tough for for them for the music industry or just like being able to sustain as a creative artist is is a very like it's a different time so working with everybody is like it's and being like brothers and being family is like is everything right now and, you know, like even just earlier today, like we we had a few little technical issues that normally don't happen. But when they do, it's all good and just keep it moving, keep pushing. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just like 
I wouldn't replace it for anything else. It's like, I, but I love working with DJs too. It's just sometimes as an artist, it's hard to like get the budget for an extra DJ. But if with the band, it's like somehow the musicianship and the extra into being a band can kind of transfer over or translate into a promoter or someone wanting to actually compensate versus you know you might just be rapping with a dj it somehow is not taken as seriously and people will not um compensate in the end and that's kind of a tough line there so having a band is just like amazing in a lot of different ways of course you're dividing up the compensation a little bit but if it's all for the love you know you eventually get to grow and grow and you'll share like a bigger pie and versus like, you know what I mean? Just wanting a small, a small pie for yourself. It's like, now we've got more opportunities together and able to hopefully do this full time soon. So yeah, but transitioning into being a band is, is, is such a beautiful process, but it's a lot of working parts involved. Absolutely. Like, like you said. It, 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 in a way, as you said, when you go out with the DJ and the MC, you have to be extra, extra. Like, you got to have a following that's, like, beyond what's expected of, oh, oh yeah, I could I could bring in 60 people or 80 people or 100 people. No, you got to bring in a 500, and we're going to make you a headliner here at this particular event or this particular um, um, venue. But when you do a band, you're right. Somehow, some way, the promoter goes, oh, these guys are serious about what they're doing. Let, let's, let's, let's give them a shot. <laughs> you know? But then again, you do the math. It's like, okay, if 10 people know 10, if seven people, in, if there's seven people in a band and they all know 10 people, that's 70 people that are going to go to that, that show, most likely. And so it just brings so much more advantages, you know, unfortunately in some certain situations it's not like you're playing community centers and shit like that you i know you do your fair share of that but you're a cherry knack you want to go from good venue strong strong house sound and keep it moving as professional as possible but you know that's not always the case so i have a little tip are we still on yeah we're good okay cool So, Defy, before we let you go, is there anything you want to drop, any shout-outs, any little outros you want to give us? And keep in mind, we will be uh, tuning back in because we're going to be doing a quick little five-minute interview for for our brothers over there in Canada. Okay. With Defy? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Go ahead, Defy. Okay. Shout-out to LA Natives. Nice. Thank you guys for having me on the podcast. Shout-out to all the artists featured on the podcast. I'm a fan supportive anybody coming through new mexico hit us up we can help out work with other artists indigenous intertribal anybody and <clears throat> shout out to the hip-hop scene out there on the west coast shout out to ug blog and shout out to our relatives up north indigenous hip-hop awards and uh, one more shout out to the band i'm a part of we're a quartet based band titled ddat if you guys could check us out and thank you Nice. Well, what was the last in your in your tongue? Oh, what did what did you head was just like thank you. It's just like Deneb is odd. Just says thank you. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because that. that that meant a lot. You know, they're not gonna just come off like that. You know, and thank you so much. I felt that. 
Well, you know what? Thank you, Defy, for joining us, man. It's been a great interview. And this won't be the last time you're with us. And uh, I'm looking forward to the International Indigenous Hip Hop Awards, brother. Yeah, likewise, too, man. I look forward to that. And um, thank you guys again, for real. Much love. All right. Much love, brother. Wow. That was another dope interview right there. Yeah. I'm, it, our people are very talented and and as you can see very professional you know they they have a clear message and a clear journey out there that they want to prove and and be a part of and defy is very clearly doing that as long as everybody everyone that we've interviewed so far that's and and the brothers and, and sisters that are going to be a part of the international hip-hop music awards has been on point don't you think armando like like they've been yes everyone showed professionalism and they just reached out like yo man are you guys down to help out doing those those interviews yeah of and course. we said why not yeah of course because i just think it's such an important event yeah. for indigenous hip-hop in general it, it's definitely bringing the right talent to the same eyes you know in the same room you know when you got chino excel master ace I mean, and then everybody else nominated, like Snotty Nose, um, Defy, Dreezus. I mean, this is like starting to become a, a its own little juggernaut monster. And yeah. it's international, right? International Hip Hop Music Awards. Yeah. It's not just indigenous hip hop music awards. And I'm sorry for all, all the cats out there that heard like a little slight delay on, on the live feed. Just, I guess the homie didn't have any earphones and I guess... We were hearing their their, their playback. Yeah. Um, so I always recommend cats wearing earphones for our interviews. Yeah. But and the, then and then but, but also when I am gonna upload it on YouTube, I'm gonna use the master audio. So the master audio is gonna sound clean. I'm gonna okay. go ahead and splice that up and then upload it on, on our YouTube channel. We're gonna run into technical difficulties because we're doing it independently and free. We're we not get, NBC. We're not <laughs> PBS. Well, we get to voice what we want, and in a in a very tactful way, in a very respectful way. And there's there's much to come from Alley Natives. So we apologize for the technical difficulties. We apologize that you know the camera comes out, shoots, you know, just drops out of nowhere. But that's the rawness of of what we're doing. But all in all, the audio gets saved, so you can listen again on Spotify, and you don't miss a thing. Um, Because we're here for you guys We're here to share information Expose artists And really do our part to promote The International Indigenous Hip Hop Music Awards Which by the way you're going to be uh, Showcasing your new single Global Pandemic Yes yes. Um, can't wait for the official song to come out On Spotify, iTunes uh, On YouTube potential music video in the works right yeah it's so it's it's gonna be a single that we're gonna treat like i tr treated doctrine of discovery and there's definitely a message behind it and there's it, it's an urgency in, in this from my from what i understand it's like there's a lot of restrictions that that are being proposed that are just mind-blowing like you need to have certain things to cross a border. You can't go outside unless you're fully covered 
from nose to chin. There's some serious things happening. And I'm not here to say to say anything negative about it. But if you're not aware of it, wow. Wow. This it's not so much a lot of people, I see people get into arguments over things they shouldn't be arguing over. It's common sense. We've been through much worse and less restriction. That's all I'm saying. And so we gather together as community. Excuse me, I had a burp at the same time. And showcase artists that maybe won't be talking specifically about that topic. Maybe they will. But at least give you a sense of oneness with who you truly are, right? A representation of indigenous blood and indigenous lineage. And I would hope everyone that's tuning in, they do that for themselves too. Be who you are. Yeah. Don't let anyone, you know, misguide you or lead you the wrong way. Like, just trust your gut feelings, right, Zero? Those are the only feelings that exist. Anything else that's trying to describe a gut feeling for you is a manipulation. It's very simple to define, right? But what an interview, bro. That Defy interview, although even with technical difficulties that we had, his message was clear. And he's talented and organized, huh? Mm-hmm. Really, and excited about his band. Yeah. And best believe, Zero, like, I got something cooking for all of us here out in L.A. when it comes to bringing out all of the dope MCs that we've been interviewing. Yeah. You know? I, I like, know. I can see your wheels, you know, turning. It's like, um, We just need to figure it out. Make sure everyone's happy. Make sure we bring out the crowd that we need to bring out. And take advantage of, I guess, what they want to call it, the reopening now. That's like all oh, over is the it news. There now. yet? It's there. I, I guess that keyword is is bringing about right. Like uh, in the media, it's what the fuck. It was closed. How do you close? How do you close open air? How do you close? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, Armando. Those are the obstacles I have to face. You know what I'm saying? Because unfortunately, all these venues and all these you know uh, people who pull the strings out here when it comes to the entertainment business, they just follow the leader. You know, and who's their leader? You know, it's a wild, wild west over here still. I don't think they know that. It's the wild, wild west over here. Yeah, it may have calmed down, but the business owners that own businesses in Los Angeles aren't very nice, suited up people. They're sometimes very, let's say, not so nice people. (laughs) And so I don't know how they're going to navigate that. I don't think everybody's included in this grand plan to reopen something that can never be closed it never was closed they maybe have told you to stay in your house but you can't close open air reality or sunset or sunrise or sun i mean they can keep you in your house and maybe you can if if you do not sneak out to see that then we'll we'll see you'll start to decipher what state of fear you live in but all in all, Patreon's coming. 
we got what a thousand we're well over a thousand followers right now on instagram and keep in mind we've only been active for what three three and a half months and it's been an amazing journey man meeting all the artists that we come across and networking with like-minded individuals right zero that support the indigenous hip-hop community it's almost like we we call somebody or we interview someone and they go it's like we knew them for years right like this was like they're like um raz kaz like oh here's raz kaz you know like everybody knows raz kaz in the underground if you're in the underground hip-hop head you know them it's almost like when we interviewed someone like the fight it's almost like oh he's the raz kaz of new mexico yes yeah. for sure did you know that and it's like boom the community now instantly knows that receives them as that respects them as that and la natives podcast is in the forefront of propelling that niche you know forward it's needed it's a big humongous market right and you know zero you personally have been doing it for well over 20 years now i i've been blessed like you know defy said that he's never been to canada i've been to canada i've met those natives and they're same they're the same natives of mexico and the same natives that i met in mexico they're just the same it's the same poverty it's the same affliction it's the same sickness it's the same everything it's a transnational recognition of genocide and I'm not going to stop saying that. You have. I'm going to say that every day of this podcast. You are a genocide survivor. Defy is a genocide survivor. Dreesus is a genocide survivor. Snotty Nose Redskin, genocide survivor. Shoot Deska, genocide survivor. Everyone in the LA Native community and universe and atmosphere, genocide survivor. And I'm not saying that so you can go... Where's my check or look how bad and feel bad. No, I'm saying feel strong. Use your medicine. Now's the time. The reunification of a transnational indigenous movement. Peace movement. Common sense movement. Is well overdue. And if LA Natives has any part with bringing that to fruition through musical events we can even bring out dope artists and have art gallery events i mean it's our turn to be on the board of directors right for our people and have like guys like david strickland on the board of directors yeah they deserve that they did their time man it's time for us to gather our resources Live by the seasons. And you can still do that. Oh, well, we live in, in, in the city. We can't do that anymore. I do that every spring equinox. Every summer solstice. I burn a fire with my family. I send my prayer off. I recognize the shifting of seasons. I don't need a BIA card to do that. I have my own blood. I have my own will. I have my own story. We followed the hummingbird. Our people followed the hummingbird all the way to the Valley of Mexico. Created a city on a lake. And were chosen 
to hand over all the wisdom they gathered to the great energy called death. And they willingly did that. Spaniards were not smarter than us. Um, priests were not smarter than us. Liars and thieves could never be smarter than us. We willingly said, it's our time to die. And now we're saying, it's our time to live. We'll see you next Wednesday. LA Natives. LA Natives. <laughs>